the Holy Spirit goes to work on your life. He says, keep me free. This is important information for the born-again believer. I think we get, we have this mindset that God, that the Holy Spirit is just reactionary to our lives. Because most of the time we live our life, we, we live our lives reactionary. Something happens and we react to it. And for many of us, that's a lifestyle. That's a, that's a way of responding to life is through reactions. It can be a whole culture of people that's only been taught how to react. Never taught how to think things through, how to think things over, how to, how to weigh the pros and cons. Whole generations of people, whole races of people have never been taught how to count the cost. They live their lives in a reactionary style. Becoming slaves to their emotions. And see, when we become slaves to our emotions, and situations make us slave to our emotions, then we are automatically... In the communicative hands of the enemy. We're already on the frequency of the enemy. We're on the communication level and communication channel of the enemy. Because he is the one that promotes emotions. I'm not saying emotions are bad. Emotions have their place. But emotions have to be controlled by one's spirit. Again, I'm speaking of the born-again believer. See, the born-again believer has to train up his spirit to be able to control his emotions. This oftentimes is the last frontier towards your true life of victory, living a life of victory. See, God desires that we just not, that we just not going to heaven once we die. He desires to have a fellowship with us. While we're here, he desires to fellowship in us while we're on earth. He's just not a God of the coming eternity. He's just not a God of the coming eternity. He's a right now God. He's a right now God. See, born again believer, your God is a right now God. I mean, he's present in your life right now. Not just hovering over you, watching you. And he is hovering over you, watching you. But he's just not on the sideline. Reacting to what happens to you. He watches everything on earth. Do you know that? God sees everything that happens on this earth. 
Some might say, well, well why, don't he does, why don't, doesn't he do anything about it? He has done something about it. See, we wanted both knowledge of good and evil. We wanted that. And that's why you have the evil. Because that's what you bought. That's what you bought with your disobedience. The knowledge of good and evil. But it's all rebellion. And it's been judged as being rebellious. So you're not trying to save the world. And just creating a better you won't save the world. See, I lived, I didn't really understand my emotional life until you, till I got around people either. See, because they draw out things, people sharpen people. And you pull out things that you didn't even know was there. Didn't even know existed. Didn't even know it was a thing. But my emotions, your emotions. Have you done an emotional check on yourself? Have you done an emotional checkup lately? How do you do an emotional checkup? Born again believer. You give yourself an emotional checkup for asking yourself one question. Where does your passion lie? What is your passion search for? Born again believer. See, I can, I can show you how to have your dreams come true, but you got to know the dreams you want to come true. Where does your passion lie, born-again believer? This might sound a little biased. And it is. See, many born-again believers' passion is not upon the Lord. Can you believe that? Now your voice say, well, you know, how can my passions just be on the Lord and and, but I want to be a doctor, I want to be a singer, I want to be this, I want to be that, I want to be all these other things, and I have passion to do a veterinarian, all these passions I have. Studying and committing to my passion. We all have jobs to do. But is your spirit compassionate about the Lord? Like your soul is compassionate about becoming a doctor, lawyer, fill in the blank. Is your spirit hungry for God like your soul is hungry for knowledge? And your body Hungry for satisfaction. Is your spirit yearning after the Lord to know him, to know his will, to know who he is? 
like your soul is panting for a relationship, a marriage. Is your, your, your spirit driving after the Lord hard like you go out to the bars, to the clubs to meet women, to meet men? Does God have a passionate place in your heart, a passionate place in your life? That's a true emotional reality check. And see, I can want to be a doctor and go and be a doctor. But that passion to be a doctor should never outweigh my passion for my Lord. Because I have a Lord. I have a God. That requires my attention. He's not asking. He commands your attention. He commands a captive audience. I don't have any problem with that. And see, rebellion has a problem with that. You can strike down the notes of rebellion that ring up in your heart space. You can bring that into a, into a different tune. Change the tune. So your emotional life is is tuned to the frequency of your heart. And this is a lifelong practice. But you got to know what you're practicing to begin the true lesson. The true activity the true functionality. And aren't we talking about just being functional to the Lord? Well, I want my, my, my emotions to be functional to him too. I want my emotional life to be functional to him too. I want my mental capacities to be accessible to him as well. My body, my heart, what I care about. I want all that to be accessible to the Lord. Why? Because he's my Lord. I take that serious. He's my God. I take that serious. I take God serious now. I didn't take God serious for a long time because my emotions and passions was stuffed in the world. And he opened up my eyes and broadened my footsteps and, and, and enlarged my heart. See, God has to enlarge your heart, people. Ask the Lord to enlarge my heart. Enlarge your heart. And you know how he begins to enlarge your heart? When you begin to pray things like, Lord, judge me, Lord. Examine me. Try my reins. See if there's anything in me that's unrighteous. You're asking for a heart transplant when you pray that prayer. And he never refuses that prayer. It's one of his favorite prayers. It's one of his favorite prayers. Because why? Because you've signed on to his cause now. You voluntarily from your heart willingly begin to desire to love him. That's the step towards the fear of God.
first step towards the fear of the Lord. Is the desire to know him. God in play in my life and so you need to cling to it even more so now you know the days of fly by Christianity so to speak pulpit believers that's over it never began but people pretended that it meant something so it continued for a while but that's over you gotta pick a team even the born again believer has to pick a team just can't sit around anymore and hum a hymn and not really mean it just can't sit around and wait for the message to be over because the game is starting. We are in a life and death struggle. You are in a life and death struggle. And all the things that make us passive. You know, the devil loves a passive mind. The devil loves a passive mind. What is a passive mind? A passive mind is a man that just, is a mind that just sits there waiting for something to fill it. Doesn't mean that they don't have a job to do and they don't seek knowledge and so forth and so on. But a passive mind is a mind that's not on guard against the kind of thoughts that come to your life, come to their life. See, a passive mind means that you don't have any understanding or you don't understand that you have to examine your thoughts for its truth. Not in the examination of the thoughts, but the origin of the thoughts. And it only is going to come from two places, two spirits, the spirit of the world or the spirit of God. Those are the only two places your thoughts can be generated from. And of course, there are good things in the world. So I'm not saying that everything that you will encounter in the world is bad and everything over, over here is good. What I'm saying is this. What kind of thoughts do you have? Define your thoughts. Some people are always negative. 
So if you was to use one word to define their thoughts or one, two, three way phrase sentence to describe their thought. Pessimistic. Optimistic. They have optimistic thoughts. They have pessimistic thoughts. Maybe some go in between. But going a little deeper into that, we begin to realize that there are oftentimes spirits attached to these thoughts. I'm thinking about something and it's affecting me emotionally. I keep thinking about it. You don't think, you don't keep thinking about what hasn't affected you emotionally. You don't keep going over what you don't have an emotional attached to, attachment to, see. So you, you are constantly replaying this emotional real to real that you have going on in your heart space. That's your passion. But see, I'm going to give you a real simple understanding of what needs to be done to change that in your life if you have that. And I'm just not talking about the negative people, but I'm talking about the positive people too. I believe there's a lot of positive people that won't be with eternity in Christ. I believe there'll be a lot of good people that never made a decision for Christ. If you want to be in his kingdom, all the other stuff, I don't know. I know he's promised me a kingdom that I can go to after I die. That's all I, that's what I want. That's what I want a ticket for. As well as enjoy the benefits of having that ticket punched while I'm here. See, the benefits of having this ticket gives you privilege, see? See, you can now begin to pick out your outfit when you get there. You can begin to now pick out how you live, your house. Go spiritual mansion shopping now. Shop for your mansion now. Shop for how you want it decked out now. What do you mean? Never had heard this before. You can pick out your spiritual furniture that's going to go in your mansion now. Do that. How are you, sir? Good, my brother. 
Hey there, Mr. Evans. How you doing today? Okay. You can pick out your spiritual wardrobe right now. See what happens to your life. What has happened to you in this life? Are the things that are turned into your greatest rewards? That sadness that was in your heart from that divorce that you gave over to Christ now you're wearing as jewelry the bed of sorrow that you slept on is now a bed of divine roses laying your head next to your Lord you gotta give him those things in exchange see it's not your pain to hold on to. It's not your misery to hold on to. That belongs to the Lord because he died for that misery. He died for that misery. I kept asking the Lord to fix me. Heal me. Set me free. Deliver me. Clean me up. One day he said to me, you asking me to do things that I died for. You got to exchange it. So I started exchanging it. I said, Lord, I got a boatload of misery to dump on your shore. He said, bring it on. The dock workers are ready. Bring it into my treasure. And give that man an exchange receipt. Put it in his heart. So every time he think about that episode that happened in his life, he thinks about me and my glory, my mercy, and my rescuability. Rescue us, Lord. Rescue us, Lord. Rescue me, Lord. Rescue me, Lord. Rescue me, Lord. Rescue me from my emotional life, Lord, that's tied to the world. And rescue me, Lord, from the emotional life. Birthed in rebellion. Give me an emotional life that's tied to your eternity. Grow up my spirit, Lord, to bring my emotional life under control of the spirit of God. Through the transference of the word from one kingdom to a place.
All last night I let the Psalms, Proverbs play. While I was asleep, I was being transformed to another place in my subconsciousness for you intellectuals. That's how you change your outlook. And if you belong to the Lord, I suggest you change your outlook towards the kingdom and his coming. And make it your priority to prepare to meet him. That's what all believers should be doing. Whether he comes in our lifetime or not, prepare yourself to meet him. Prepare yourself to meet him. Not that he might come and find you. He has to come and find you. He has to send a search party out for his children. Because they no, they won't come to him. See, I know my time is over. His children won't come and gather at his feet. Maybe the, maybe the alarm has not been sounded loud enough. So let's ring the alarm. Let's gather at his feet. He won't have to send a search party out for us. We're already, I already see them now gathering. I already see them now gathering together in the spirit. I can see them coming together. I can see them coming together in the spirit. Preparing themselves. Helping one another. Helping one another prepare for the convoy. For the caravan that's going to meet the Lord. 